Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with this Monday expert, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing very well. So uh, we are going to talk about something uh, that I first learned about almost 30 years ago. This is this was a topic in uh, one of my econ classes. Uh, it is now talked about a lot on TV. I think it's about to be talked about a lot more, and that is the famous yield curve inversion, what is often called the 210. Uh, inversion where two-year rates are above 10-year rates. Uh, a, have you heard about it? Uh, B, do you give much stock to it? Uh, what are you thinking about this yield curve inversion? Yeah, everybody's talking about it right now because it's a it's a huge thing. It's been uh, accurately predicted, <clears throat> you know, recessions over you know the history of the yield curve. Mm -hmm. So every time the yield curve and yield curve inverts, it predicts recession coming. And you know why is that? Because it's the investors that are buying those bonds, mm -hmm. you know, and that spread between the two year and the ten year because you know they're jumping in there expecting a reflation, you know, inflation looking for protection, looking for a hedge. You know, where's your hedge against inflation? It's in the bonds. You know, so that's where large institutions are looking at when their expectations are for a recession. And so, very different economic and you know environment that we're in now. We've never been in anything like this before with this much quantitative easing, yeah. this much artificial inflation of assets due to interest rates, this amount of, amount of jobs available with people not wanting to take them, this much pent up demand in every aspect of the economy with supply chain issues and inflation rising at levels that we're seeing right now. We've never had all of that in combination with the yield curve invert. So this is all new territory for everybody. So everybody's talking about it. Yeah. So let's kind of, if you don't know what yield curve inversion is, let me just ask you a simple question. If you were going to loan me or Greg some money, would you want a higher interest rate if it was a two-year loan or a 10-year loan? Most people look at that going, well, if you're going to keep my money for 10 years, I want you to pay me higher interest rate than if you only keep it for two years. And logically speaking, that is how it should work. The inversion means for whatever reason, something's going on in the economy and two-year money is more expensive than 10-year money. Think about how wacky that has to be and why an inversion A is a pretty rare event. But yeah, you throw that into the um, environment we are today. I to me, it just screams stagflation. And we haven't really had to think about stagflation since the 70s. Uh, oil shock. Now, I think food is about to be a real problem when the, the spring planting season's not happening in, in parts of the world. So uh, I, think we've have, I think we have a nasty year and a half of stagflation, and then the rest recession catches us uh, at the end of this. So I see a pretty messy two to three years. And the last thing on the yield curve inversion is it's a great predictor but it's also a, a early indicator. It's between nine and 18 months early, right? A recession is coming, but it's not immediate. Some people hear this and think it's immediate. It doesn't necessarily have to be immediate. Well, you know, yeah, because what's a recession? It's negative GDP, you know, over what, two quarters or something or a sustained period of time? Two quarters. So in order to get a recession, you have to have negative GDP. The problem is the economy is still humming along. It's still fairly strong. And yep. a lot of it is artificial because prices are rising. So it's increasing, you know, GDP, it's increasing output from a, yep. you know, sales revenue yep. standpoint, not necessarily Agreed. profitability, although a lot of companies are more profitable because they're producing less, charging more. Mm -hmm. um, so they've been able to kind of figure that out, but you have to slow growth. You need demand destruction. Yes. And, you know, what is stagflation? High inflation, low growth, right? So we have to slow demand. You have to slow growth. Yeah. I'm not so sure the Fed 
has the resolve to do that because no, I they're not totally expressing agree. it right now. And that is what the Fed did. You know, they, they did not say at the last meeting was that, hey, we're not going to slow the economy down. Yeah. They think they have plenty of room, plenty of demand and plenty, you know, the, the economy's well underway and strong enough to withstand multiple rate hikes, at least at quarter points. You know, if they start going at 50, 50 basis points, that's a little different discussion. Mm-hmm. You'll see the impact a little bit quicker on things. Um, you know, it takes a while for that to trickle through the economy, but, you know, it's a very different time right now and there is a lot of demand out there. So you have to really, you know, kind of dig into that in order to slow the economy down. And they didn't say they were going to do that. They said the opposite. Yeah, They're saying they the economy is going to continue to grow while we raise rates. Yeah. I, uh, this is just my belief. Which is why the markets rebound, by the way. That's why Absolutely. they were on the Fed news because the Fed said, the economy's strong and can withstand rate hikes. Yeah, it was the statement, not, yeah, I totally agree. Now, as the 50% basis point thing, you know, keeps being dangled, Mm -hmm. you'll see the markets reverse in a big way, um, you know, based on those those projections. And of course, the war is a big one too. Markets are going to knee-jerk react. If there's positive news of peace talks, markets will react. If there's, you know, negative news, markets will will not, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, And, you know, if the report ever came out that Putin's gone, he's disappeared, vanished from the face of the earth, Boom, markets will be off to the races. Yeah, no question. Yeah, the thing, the thing for me as I look at this, um, in my opinion, one guy's opinion, Powell's not that guy, right? We need a Paul Volcker type who was willing to basically tell Wall Street because that's who's going to scream first. People don't get this, right? We all talk about real estate, real estate, real estate. The stock market will lose its mind if the Fed comes out and says, I'm in charge, you're not. And what is Powell doing with these communications of quarter point and quarter point and quarter point? Basically saying Wall Street's more important than Main Street, my opinion. I believe these quarter point raises aren't going to do anything. I think there's a meme out there of a little uh, ex- excavator trying to get a, the, that big ship out of the water. Like quarter point's not going to do anything. I thought that's a great meme. Um, so my guess is inflation gets worse from here. Have you Probably, seen the one with the squirt gun trying yeah, to put out a volcano? On a fire, yeah. Go, 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 go. That's great. Yeah, I think all of those are awesome. And that's exactly how I feel. Uh, My guess is inflation gets worse from here, probably much worse. I actually think CPI, even though it's so doctored and messy and not accurate, I think CPI is double digits uh, in uh, May or June. Think about that. So I think Powell loses his job. I think he quits or gets fired. Uh, And then we bring in Paul Volcker 2.0. And then that's where Wall Street loses its mind. So that's why I talk about two, two and a half years of a pretty messy environment. Um, but to your point, when I, every time I think about this, I'm like, damn it, Greg is right. Good times never last, bad times never last. Take that dry powder that we've been building and get ready to put it to work. So um, yeah, and again, this is very different than any other environment we've ever faced. So yep. there is no there is no textbook, you know, and that's the problem is Pal's been looking at the, at the textbook, you know, <laughs> solutions to these problems. And there isn't one for, for what we're dealing with. And he's not... They say we want to remain humble and nimble, but they're not. And they're not reacting correctly. And what he's trying to do, and again, they're very smart, obviously. The other thing they didn't say is they did not say that we are going to let the markets fail. So that was the other reason the markets rallied, because he didn't say we're going to do this to the detriment of the markets. He didn't say that. What he kind of in, you know, said, we're leaving a lot of room on the table. And without saying it, we can reverse course any minute. And the markets know that. So that's, yeah. again, why they rallied. That resolve will get tested if they ever go with a 50% or a 50 uh, basis point rate hike. 
And, you know, yep. they're trying to land this thing soft because they've got two problems and they're very well aware of it. I mean, they're not stupid. They're talking around the table like we are. Look, real estate is way out of, way out of, way out of whack. It's way out of control. You know, we've created a bubble, but the same token, that is household wealth. You don't want to destroy household wealth. The second thing is the stock market. Again, that's household wealth. You know, there are people with 401ks that have trillions of dollars, uh, you know, in their 401ks and their IRAs that are in the stock market. Mm -hmm. You destroy that and take that down. That's household wealth. You do both at the same time. Now you're, you're, you know, you've got a big problem and a real problem that you're creating in terms of wealth destruction. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're trying to land all these things at the same time without creating panics anywhere and kind of let things kind of slowly unwind and hope that, you know, if the market is brought back down, then it can get back on that path, you know, to, to kind of get, you know, get back to a normal appreciation. And then, you know, that's when you'll see the bond yields up and mortgage yeah. rates rise because investors will come out of the markets because there's less alpha, less yield there. And they want to go into other things that, you know, make a little bit more sense with less risk. They're taking risk now because they have to allocate and there's no yield anywhere else. Absolutely. And, and again, this is, the, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the odds of a 50 basis point raise, at least as of this weekend, uh, were 50-50 uh, for the May meeting. They have to get ahead of this. They are so far behind. Every time they do a quarter point, it's like the squirt gun in a volcano. It's not going to do anything. The only people that get helped with the squirt gun in the volcano is Wall Street. That's why the stocks popped. And yes, mutual funds and 401ks are in the stock market. I get it. Uh, but there's so much other stuff. The stock market is not the economy. The stock market is not consumers. Um, and like I said last week, we have demand destruction occurring. And I think I don't think the consumer is nearly as healthy as the Fed thinks, right? We are getting, I think we're all being teased with $1.3 trillion in excess savings. I bet if you actually went out and looked at who's got that money, my guess is 80% or more is sitting in the accounts of the top 10%, which means the other 90% have almost nothing. I think most people yeah. are struggling more than- uh, You know, it's fascinating times. And, uh, you know, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that, in that Fed Reserve meeting to hear what they're really talking about and how, serious they're really taking it but you have to i mean again they're not stupid you know they're they're economists a lot of them and they're theorists you know a lot of yep. them aren't business people no so I don't think their discussions are very different than practical business people that are out there you know looking at these things so again they're opening textbooks and saying well the textbook says this yeah you know versus what's the real world doing you know yeah there's a lot of good stuff again i think i think we're I, again i think stagflation for 12 to 18 months and then we have a recession uh, so I, I see two and a half years of just yuckiness ahead of us. Uh, Greg, you do amazing stuff on your YouTube channel, putting out stuff that, where can people find it? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. My YouTube channel's there, Twitter, Twitter handle, all my links, gregdickerson.com. Thanks for all you do, man. Appreciate it.